Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Back Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and as always on – well, actually, no, it's not. Wait a minute. This is, this is no, it's please. Tuesday. This is Tuesday. Sorry, I'm all confused. This is what no, I'm it talking. is, as always, on Tuesday, uh, mate. You, got it. you, you're, you were going as good. Always, you're you're cruising. Confused. I thought it was Wednesday. You never screw up the intro. I don't remember the last time you've done that. Well, I nailed the beginning. The past that's true. supposed to be better. But we're here. Andy's talking about golf. He won't. That's what got me confused just before the show. Andy won't be here tomorrow. He's on a plane going to Arizona. To like I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, who knows what Andy's doing? He's frolicking around the Super Bowl in the waste management. Must be nice. Must be nice, Andy. It's, it's actually easy to think of Andy frolicking. I could see. Oh, I could definitely see it. I'm picturing it right now. It's actually yeah, fr- picturing him frolicking in the <laughs> desert. It's kind of strange, but I can definitely see it. All right, maybe we'll ask him to take some videos of him frolicking in the desert. But um, while I was away yesterday, had some questions about um, this Kyrie Irving trade and um, thought we'd talk a little Is bit about Is it official that. yet? Because didn't uh, I see yesterday that, Nick, now it's not quite official, that, like it's going to happen, but there might be a third team that has to come in? It looks like they could do it as two teams, but it looks like a third team is trying to slide in, and they're going to see if maybe um, they can extricate a little more value. It is official, but okay, I think they official. still have a period of time to adjust it. I don't know. I, I think that clock yeah. runs out pretty quickly. It looks okay. like some of those guys are going to play for the Nets tonight, so we'll see. But, yes, Kyrie Irving traded for Spencer Dinwiddie, um, a couple draft picks, and um, Dorian Finney-Smith as well. So, you know, the Dallas Mavericks get a second star here and Kyrie Irving to play with Luka Doncic. Um, the new the Brooklyn Nets basically get rid of somebody who wasn't really interested in playing for them for the rest of the year. Um, pick up two pretty nice pieces here. It's I mean, the team at this point all comes down to, you know, Kevin Durant's health. So we'll start there. I mean, the Nets are... I think the simplest team to sort of figure out if Kevin Durant's healthy, he's got a big support system there. They could be a really fun team, but I think overall still limited, not as good as Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia there in the East. And I think the Western conference like show was asking about this yesterday, the Mavericks specifically, what does it look like for them? And, and this is pretty interesting, Matt, because there's a wide range of outcomes here. So the best possible case for the Mavericks is if Jason Kidd can find a way to slow this offense down to an absolute crawl basically make the opponents hold the ball for 20 out of every 24 seconds when you can. I just rely on the fact that you have two of the most efficient players in the NBA in terms of offense. Luka Doncic is someone that can always create a shot either for himself or somebody else. We've seen Kyrie and, you know, it's long been storied about his ability to get buckets at the end of the shot clock. And then it allows a couple things. You slow the game down. That makes defense easier. Less possessions gives the other team less time to kind of, you know, um, do three-point stuff and, you know, really drive more offense for themselves. And you can really take a control over these games. Now, again, that's the absolute best version in the world of this. My number one question is what happens with the ball? There's only one ball for Luka and Kyrie. They're both guys that really like to hold on to the ball. And Kyrie's had some success playing with guys. You know, I mean, he played with LeBron, but LeBron, again, wasn't as ball dominant as someone like Luka is. So I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. And then you start to look at the rest of the roster for this Dallas Mavericks team. You know, they move out, got two guys in Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, two of their very um, best kind of secondary players. And got Tim Hardaway here, Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood. There's just no defense left on this team whatsoever, and the bench looks a little short. So I still struggle to see how this team wins multiple playoff rounds, but I just wonder at the end of the day if you've got two guys like Luca, like Kyrie, and you can find a way, zero chance Kyrie comes off the bench, uh, Jason. Absolutely <laughs> no way did he get to No, even I know that. To come off I can't the answer bench. that yeah. one. 
So we'll see how it goes. And I think there are some interesting ways in which the Mavericks can be better, but I don't know if it, it makes them, again, as good enough team to really be a championship contender. Yeah, it was just, I guess it, it's worth a shot probably because it shows Luca that, you know, you're, you're, I mean, that the iteration before Kyrie of the Mavs probably wasn't winning a title either. And you had to do something, you had to make a shakeup. They went out, they made a move for a star and his contract's up at the end of the year. Right. So if, he's if it doesn't work out then you just free up a whole bunch of space and you kind of have some more flexibility and free agency to go get maybe some more pieces that can be a little bit more helpful um it does feel like that maybe if they just would have held on to Jalen Brunson that you know they wouldn't have had to make this deal and they just would have been a a better team this year without having to go out and trade two pieces for Kyrie but then again if Brunson wanted to go Brunson wanted to go and that, that might have been the case um but that's kind of what I was thinking. Just seemed like why not just work out a deal to keep Jalen Brunson in the offseason and then you'd still have Finney Smith and uh, Dinwiddie. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun to watch. I mean, they're, they're two really, really good basketball players. Unfortunately for them, they kind of, like you said, need the ball to, to be at their best. But we'll see if one of them, uh, one of the two of them can adjust. Yeah, you make a good point. It's a nice way for the Mavericks to show Luka that they're willing to make a move, but it's pretty low risk because they can let Kyrie walk um, this offseason should they want. And uh, again, we'll kind of see how that all goes, but it's going to be fascinating to watch. It's hard to think of a team that has had two ball dominant guys like this, um, you know, for the first time in a long time. Maybe the Houston Rockets when they traded Chris Paul, I mean, with Chris Paul and James Harden or mm-hmm. you know, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. I'm, I'm sorry, James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Do you see any other massive moves coming down the wire in the next couple of days? I mean, obviously we'll have some, some moves here and there, but like, I mean, it's probably not going to happen by Thursday, but KD probably now wants back out of Brooklyn again because the team's kind of been broken up a little bit. And I know he wanted out last summer, like, is, is there any other blockbuster coming or is that kind of the big one? And then we'll just see some minor moves here and there. I actually think that uh, Durant will probably finish the season out. He is injured at this point. Um, and, and I w- wonder if he's going to be a little more comfortable on the team without having to deal with whether or not Kyrie's going to play or not. So um, it's a solid team to have around him in terms of other moves. Um, you know, a lot of teams trying to, do stuff. I'm curious to see if the Jazz actually trade anybody, but they've really locked in. They're not going to trade Lori Markin, it seems like. So you know, maybe Mike Conley gets to go somewhere else kind of for the twilight of his career. That would be nice, but I'm not sure there. There is just endless talk about OG Ananobi or somebody from the Toronto Raptors. But it keeps seeing Fred Van just... Vliet, too, is the other name that keeps popping up from them. Yeah, so I think we'll see a Raptor traded. I'm not sure which one. Again, there's a lot of smoke without without any any real fire there, and it could just be everyone's focus on the Kyrie trade the last couple of days, but mm-hmm. I haven't heard too much about those Raptors guys. So that's what I would look for, see what the Raptors are going to do, see what the Jazz are going to do. But it's pretty – it should be a pretty slow kind of bland deadline again unless something way comes out of left field and, you know, somebody like Kyrie Irving asks for a trade. Well, time's kind of running out for that. It'll be interesting to watch. So two days left. Two days left, and while we wait, there is actual NBA basketball. Oh, there's games I, to play, um, too? We're not just trading? Uh, no, wait. They Interesting. Gotta play. Gotta, okay, okay. To keep the people locked in. And now that I've learned at the beginning of the show, it's Tuesday. I believe it's even a TNT Tuesday. We'll see. I, I assume so, given some of these times here. But just a six-game slate. Um, one pick for me here. Quickly, as I look at the other games I didn't bet, our Orlando Magic, uh, short underdogs to the Knicks, had that basically right on the number. I have it Magic. Um, plus one and a half. It's magic plus one now. So we'll pass on that. Dan's Hawks uh, play the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans one point favorites. Uh, kind of lean to the Pelicans, but 
I don't really bet Hawks games that much. It's so hard mm-hmm. for me to figure that stinking team out. So I'm happy to leave that one go. The Brooklyn Nets, um, you know, could be playing some guys in the trade. Could not tonight. Six point underdogs at home to the Phoenix Suns again. Have to see who's actually playing in this game. Your Chicago Bulls are big underdogs to the Memphis Grizzlies, and uh, what's that line? Uh, let me see here. Uh, the Bulls are plus eight and a half. I think it's a three and four back to back. So a pretty rough rest spot. For yeah. Them. And that's the problem. I mean, Mata likes the Bulls. I wouldn't hold a, a little sprinkle on the Bulls against anybody, but I think I might. I think I might have to sprinkle the Bulls. Well, because like last night's game was a little bit easier for him with the Spurs. So like they did get some guys, you know, not full on resting in the fourth quarter because they had to go on a little bit of a run. But like back half of the fourth quarter was a slow paced game. They kind of. They, they did take it easy against the Spurs most of the game. I know Memphis is um, not coming off a back-to-back like the Bulls, but like they're, they're without Steven Adams still. I know Jaws probably going to play, but he's dealing with a wrist injury. They've lost like eight of nine. Like If there's a time to do it, this might be when the Bulls do it, I guess. They usually play better against good teams, and like it showed last night they almost lost to the Spurs until they blew it out. Like They play better against the better teams. We'll see if they, see what they do. I like them plus the eight and a half, though. I don't think they're going to win, but I like, the, I like those eight and a half points. Yeah, no Steven Adams, so go Vooch first first points. I think there's a good shot of that. I um, hit last night. Alyssa, Alyssa hit that as well, she was telling me. Excellent. I love that. That's so lovely. Hitting bets as a couple. That's fantastic. Right. Andy's Timberwolves, nine-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Nuggets. Kind of lean towards Minnesota, but the Nuggets keep getting bet this morning, so I'm going to wait. Maybe I'll have Timberwolves if that gets to double digits. We'll see. It's nine-and-a-half. But the bet I did make, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I bet on last night um, and summarily played just tremendously poor defense, the Golden State Warriors, fantastic shooting night at home, and they got kind of blown out. So it is betting on a team on a back-to-back, which can be a little tough. They're playing the Los Angeles Lakers tonight, but even if we have LeBron James and Anthony Davis in, I had this number closer to four-and-a-half, five. Um, was able to grab a seven earlier. I'm looking at six and a half. I think anything six and a half or better is just fine here. Um, you know, again, the Thunder profile really well, as long as they're playing teams without kind of dominant big men. And with all due respect to Anthony Davis, he still does not play like a traditional center, still lines up more on the outside, um, is happy to avoid going to the post and things like that. And, um, you know, LeBron James could have a solid game tonight attacking the basket. Again, not really a rim protector out there for Oklahoma City, but plenty of wing defenders to slow him down at the outset. Jay Gilgis-Alexander generally bounces back after poor games and played very poorly last night. So really my only hang up here is them being on a back-to-back. But even with the adjustment for that, again, still only have this at four and a half, you know, kind of close to five. So anything six and a half or better, let's take Oklahoma City tonight. I like it. I always like fading the Lakers. It always seems like that's a pretty decent idea, especially these last couple of years. So I'm in. Let's fade the Lakers. One of my favorite things to do. And it's just just money lines tonight. What do we got? No hockey. Yeah. So no, I like two underdogs. That's why it's it's we're coming out of the All Star break, and there's some teams playing on back to backs, and really it's, there weren't many plus money uh, puck lines that I liked. So I took a couple underdog uh, money lines. Now, unfortunately, they're both minus money because they're basically uh, pickums. But I do have a pair, um, and one of them I will start with the Colorado Avalanche, who I, I saw this. They're slight underdogs on the puck line. Pittsburgh is the, is the one getting the favor on the puck line. Both teams' money line, at least last I checked, was minus 110. So really a true pick here. Colorado, I know I've talked about it a couple times on the show. Like They're going through a little bit of a Stanley Cup hangover. They're going through they've been battling injury all year. But they're starting to kind of figure it out. They've won four out of their last five. They're starting to score a little bit again, like – they're starting to heat up towards the, you know, down the stretch of the, 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 you know, the regular season into the postseason. I think they'll be just fine once they get there. Pittsburgh's been really up and down and they're like, they're not really lighting the world on fire. They are at home. They've been a fine team at home. They've been better on the road 
than, or better on, at home than on the road, but not by much. Um, I, if you're going to give me Colorado, uh, even, uh, even money on the money line, I'm going to take that over Pittsburgh here. I don't really understand why that's a pick em. Um, I think Colorado is just a better hockey team. I get the Pittsburgh's at home, but, um, if you're going to give me that value with the Colorado avalanche, we're starting to figure it out here and just had a, a long all-star break to kind of get themselves rested and a little bit better. Maybe get some guys back in the lineup today, tonight. I like that. And then I'm going to take the Kraken uh, minus 108 on the money line at the Islanders. The Islanders made the big uh, first big trade of the trade deadline. They went out and got Bo Horvat from Vancouver. Nice Mm -hmm. move for them. Um, But he's not going to do a ton to help out their scoring issues. Um, And they still very much have those. They just beat they've won three in a row. They beat your flyers last night, but like they're winning two to one, two to one, two, nothing. They lost five to two the game before that they won two to one the game before that. Like, they're not scoring a ton of goals, and Seattle can score a ton of goals. They're scoring uh, just about 3.7 goals a game this year. Uh, they're really good on the road. I think they're like 16-5-2 on the road this year, so for whatever reason, they're playing really well away from home. Um, Seattle on the money line against an Islanders team that struggles to score, plays good defensively, but does struggle to score. Um, if the Kraken get themselves to three or four goals here, I'm not sure the Islanders are going to be able to keep up. So I like them at that value as slight underdogs here uh, at minus 108. And then at some point here in the next like week or two, I'm going to start looking at some futures, uh, some conference futures, some Stanley Cup futures before the trade deadline. Try to get like, you know, try to get out ahead of, of some trades, maybe some things I might think might happen or get out ahead of some teams I think are going to be active like Seattle. I think the Seattle Western Conference future might be something to look at because that's going to be pretty wide open. Um, are there going to be big hockey trades? Is, I mean, are there any big names available? It's, again, you know, knowing like, very little, that Horvat trade seemed like kind of a big deal. Horvat, the Horvat trade was a pretty big deal. He was going to uh, probably be out of Vancouver anyway. So that, that was the first big domino to fall. Um, I mean, Kane and Taves names keep getting thrown around in Chicago. Uh, I I'm starting to think they're probably not going to go anywhere. At least Kane, it, it seems like he's kind of set on staying in Chicago unless like the most unbelievable offer comes his way. And he's also been dealing with a hip injury all season and I mean, he's he's gutting it out, but I, w- I was at a game, uh, game a couple weeks ago and watched him most of the time, and you can tell that he's just not totally right, and he probably needs to take some time off, but he's you – know, credit to him gotten through it. But he's kind of not the same player right now because he's battling through that injury. I'm, I'm, we'll see some bigger names, but I don't think we're going to see a true like Kyrie-type NBA comp blockbuster or one of those guys is on the move. But Bo Horvat is a big move for the Islanders. It's a very nice deal. Um Again, doesn't really help their scoring issue a ton. Like they really need to find some more goal scoring. Um, but Bo Horvat's a very responsible two-way player who can, you know, make a very good defensive team even better at that. And who is this Ebery person? He sounds exactly like a hockey player. Like whoever Ebery is, that's he must be play hockey or something goofy like that. Uh, Jordan he Eberle. He's he's on the credit. Why not take him to score? He's one of their better players. Uh, they he's been with Edmonton and then he was with uh, with the Islanders. He was an expansion draft pick for him. I like that, Patrick. Let's go with Jordan Eberle. Let's take first goal. Jordan Eberle, first goal score. I'm on it tonight. No, I like this. I love it. Good job, Patrick. As always, good job by the chat, forcing us into doing stuff like this. I I like that. I like being peer pressured into bets. What could be more fun? Speaking of peer pressuring into bets, I guess I don't have a big plus money tennis bet. I still see a couple pluses there. That's all. They don't need to be big plus monies as long as there's a plus inside. It's just... It gives me that little like shot of adrenaline, you know, <laughs> just a little like, Ooh, I'm, I'm good. Let's go. 
I like it. All right, let's jump in again. Just a couple tournaments this week. Um, they're playing in Abu Dhabi and Linz. Linz is in France. So, again, it's a little bit tough for sometimes for the show here. Not too many matches open. A lot of things happening right now. Um, just four lines open in Abu Dhabi. And we'll start with the first set over here. Um, Zheng Quinyan, our queen of tennis, a short favorite here over Elena Ostapenko. Um, always hard to bet against Ostapenko whenever she's an underdog. Really is something that, you know, she thinks she's the best player every time. And has been playing great tennis. Um, had a fun little run through the Australian Open. Generally has done well on these courts and kind of during this, um, I don't know, what do you call the swing? The Middle East swing or something? Sure. If they play in... United Arab Emirates, they play in Dubai. They're all over the place. But anyway, um, the oil swing. That's what we'll call it. The oil slick. Yeah, mm, I like that. Slick. All right. Anyway, um, it should be a very competitive match here. Um, two players that profile very well for the 7-5, 7-6 opening set. And again, those quick second sets. So we'll go in and stack this up um, when it opens up a little bit later. Try to find a 10.5 and, and even a 12.5 here, which should be a very competitive um, and well-played first set by these two women. Um, that one will be early tomorrow morning, probably about 6 o'clock Eastern. We'll see. Again, always depends when they adjust the order of play and things like that. And then in Linz, um, this one will be – let me just double-check on this. Is actually just today. Where is Linz? This is today. This will be at about an hour or so after we finish the show. I believe Linz is in France. Oh, okay. I assume so. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like I thought it was part of the oil is. swing. It is not. It is not. Okay. Yet. So that's, that's right. Hang out in Europe for a little bit. Um, Anna Blinkova plays again about an hour or so after we finish the show against Vavarva Gretreva. Um, Blinkova, a much better player here. Um, so it's a value on her. Oh, Austria. You're Austria. Okay. No, I was. I've been to Austria. But anyway, um, you know, Blinkova, like her here, money line minus 195. Um, if you want to play that straight up, honestly, had that closer to 230, 240. If you're looking for a parlay piece, it's a really nice one. Um, but nothing else I found that I really wanted to put it with. Um, see some value, though, here in this 2-0 or minus one and a half sets. A couple different ways to bet this and check, you know, the, your book. Um, the price is always slightly different. So uh, this could be worded as Blinkova minus one and a half sets, Blinkova to win 2-0, or Vavargacheva not to win a set. Some books have it listed that way. But basically, Blinkova is going to win this two sets to none. Um, again, really comfortable favorite here. The three and a half was pretty close to where I had. I thought about laying that, um, but indoors, these courts have been very quick. I think there's a decent chance we might see a tiebreaker here at some point. Um, but just like Blinkova to take care of business has beaten Gretchen the last three times 2 0 very comfortably. So happy to do that, and we'll get plus 115 on that. I like it. I really like that second one, not just because there's a little bit more juice to it, but give me give me a heavy favorite, a, a plus money way to bet a heavy favorite. I'm all in on it. I know. It's like laying the goals. And tomorrow, yeah. again, as I mentioned, Andy's not going to be here, uh, but Dan and I will be talking to Connor Allen, um, who you guys might know from 4 for 4. Again, really great fantasy website, a lot of great betting content. And um, Connor is one of the better prop bettors that I know, especially with Super Bowl props and things like that. So he's going to come in, talk about all sorts of stuff. But we figured since we had you here, Maddie, you've got a bet, and I already have a bet placed. And again, a lot more as we go through the week here. But we'll have Connor tomorrow for a little bit of a deeper dive. But for now, just a taste, just a little taste. Yeah. Let's give him a taste, Maddie. What do you got? Uh, Travis Kelsey, anytime TD. I, I was looking at you know all the props, and obviously there's everything under the sun you want. Um, and I, I came across this one. I, I found that these odds on Caesars, and it, it's an example of why you should always go shopping for your props. Like DraftKings, it was minus one thirty-five. Bet was like minus one forty-five points. Bet yeah, minus yeah. one forty. FanDuel had a minus one fifteen. Caesars had a minus one thirteen. 
that close to even money, like or standard juice. Kelsey has scored, uh, I think he's got eight touchdowns in his last nine game in nine playoff games. I should say not nine games. Um, but if you're going to give me that close to even money, like this, this prop doesn't take that much of an explanation for me. It's Patrick Mahomes, to Travis Kelsey um, in the Super Bowl in an important playoff game. I'm going to take that at that close to even money every time. So I think that's um, a no brainer for me to sprinkle on. I, I want to get into some more plus money stuff and take some long shot odds. But I think this is one that uh, I really feel comfortable betting. Yeah, I'll probably almost certainly have some sort of Travis Kelsey first touchdown, two-plus kind of thing. So uh, the matchup is good for him. And with the Chiefs having really no healthy wide receivers, it should be a big game for him. And I did see on FanDuel they had, obviously, first touchdown scores, but first touchdown um, position. Um, tight end for me I thought was very intriguing. It's like plus 320 for – so basically either Kelsey or Goddard, who are guys that are very um, – big targets in the red zone for their quarterbacks. I know Hertz loves Goddard in the red zone. Kelsey is, you know, a great target. Anytime you want to go find him. Um, that was one to me that stuck out as a, uh, as an intriguing uh, roll of the dice. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'll have to look and see what their individual odds are, but my guess is Kelsey's probably right around plus 500 plus 550 and Goddard's maybe in the 10, 11 to one range, something like yeah. that. So you put the two together, that might actually be some value. Um, but I went a different way here, and um, I'll have more of these. This is uh, just a bet I make almost every Super Bowl. First quarter unders and uh, basically a slow start. The Super Bowl is a strange football game. You've got to buy the week before, so you guys come in a little bit rusty. A lot of these football players have been forced to do much more media work than they have all week, so maybe a little less attention to detail. You generally see very slow, clunky starts. Um, the game itself, you know, the time between warm-up and kickoff is much longer than it is for a normal game. You have some extra songs, extra pomp and circumstance and stuff like that. So uh, generally, you know, as you look historically, I think there was basically one Super Bowl. I think the first quarter has gone under. I think it was seven and threes or something like eight and four when I went back and looked yesterday. Um, and you have a few games, again, where teams come out quick and my only concern here is we do have two teams that generally start the game well. Andy Reid is a great game planner, especially with that extra week of preparation. One of the Eagles have been a hot first-half team this year. But both teams really hold on to the ball, suck a lot of clock out. And as I start to look at this, under one touchdown, plus 140. So even if there is a touchdown scored, I get a push there. Um, there hasn't been a touchdown in the first quarter, I think, of it was six of the last nine Super Bowls. Um and again, I'll give, give a little more of this as I start to talk about some of those other bets. But um, I just think there's a great chance here. We maybe only see two possessions in this first quarter, you know, let alone two touchdowns. So happy to go uh, under one touchdown here. Again, it might not be that bad. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But if Kansas City gets the ball first, they generally it's a lot of running. They're happy to let the clock go down a little bit. The Eagles generally don't sprint up the field. So, again, I think we'll see a little bit of a slower game, especially with the Eagles, a lot of those. Guys, you know, some on the Super Bowl team from a few years ago, but a lot of the big players there, it's kind of their first time in the big game, and we know how good the Chiefs are here. So we'll see how it goes. But again, under one at plus money, I get a push if there is a touchdown. Happy to play that. Put that one in already. I like that one a lot. Uh, it's I like plus money. Keeping it to one or under, I like that you can, you can still push there. I'm in. I like it. I think that's everything we have, unless the chat's going to try to trick us into betting more stuff. Neither one of us knows anything about soccer. There's probably soccer today, but who knows? Yeah, someone's going to score a goal at some point. <laughs> Soccer. We hope. So that's everything we got, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, um, I'll be back tomorrow with producer Dan talking to Connor Allen from 4 for 4. So get ready for a ton of Super Bowl talk. Come in, drop your questions in the comments. We'll get to them while you're around. Thumbs up, subscribe, do all that good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow.